And then, let us commence tonight's Ludo narrative. Oh my gosh! Never use that term around me again, in person. You mean or that via term that I just media. made up? You did not make that up, Dave. <laughs> but somebody did. Yeah, somebody totally made that up. And even if they didn't make it up, I don't care, because I'm sure that they're using it in a way that's abusive and unkind to the creator. Uh, I read that and I was totally overthinking it, because at first glance. If you're an intelligent person, it the words don't really seem to fit together. So I was trying to think of like, I can't remember the exact term for it, but there's this situation where you have, you're flipping a coin and you have a professor and like a gangster who's like a gambler and you flip the coin 99 t- times and it comes up tails every time and you ask them each, what the probability is that will come up heads the next time. And the, the statistician is shackled to the, the facts. So he says 50-50. And the mobster says, you know, it's got to come up heads because otherwise it would be so improbable. That blah, blah, blah. That's name something. That Ludo something. So that's what I was immediately thinking of. And I couldn't really find a way to relate that to the article. And then I just thought about it. And I was like, oh. He's saying Ludo because it's play. So it's the the narrative of play. Well, he also kind but, of explains it inside the the article. Like the, the ludic narrative or the, the ludic idea. But see, the problem with that is, and it's sort of like a funny kind of irony that he says this thing. Uh, and it doesn't mean exactly what he thinks. Because Ludo, like if you look it up in the dic- in the dictionary, it is d- like an aimless play. The dictionary definition gives the example of kittens. And, you know, it's easy to draw comparisons to the root, using the root, like Ludacris. Not the rapper, who, by the way, has a video game related rap song that is hilarious in its... Um, well, it's pretty bad. But anyway, so ludonarrative, same root word, also have ludicrous, which is what that whole article is. Ridiculous? Yeah. Or ludicrous? I, I wanted to talk about these because... Dave, you have to say what these are. You just said the words these without actually explaining what you're talking about. The articles that were talking about there are two the one, articles the that Dave is mentioning both of them will make you want to punch yourself in the <laughs> groin the one the thing that talks about ludo narrative isn't really relevant except that the other article refers to ludo narrative and this Dissonance. article that coined the term which like clearly very purposely was trying to coin the term and if you're trying to do that that's not going to happen Take it from professionals like us. Vice President Tanaka doesn't happen overnight or assistant associate directors of sales (laughs) Tanaka. These these things, you can't force them. They just have to happen. Well, you know what? What's even more, really, if you're going to sort of create a catchphrase, oftentimes these things don't happen by accident. And I'm sure that they do, but they happen within a context uh, that makes them somehow authoritative in a field. You know, typically when you make up a word about something, 
you've got to have some, I don't know, structure to back that up. Either, you know, years worth of study. I'm sure there's a hundred nerds on the internet who have played just as many video games as this guy and have not sort of put on the cap of, I'm going to make up game criticism terms. I, it also just irritates me because he's creating a word where none is really required. Like, we, we have terms to describe things like this. Like, terms already exist. And this is not something that was screaming out. I need to be defined so that people might reference me. Because really, isn't the Ludo narrative just gameplay? Yeah. Well, I think that he, I think that the idea is that this guy is trying to create sort of a distinct uh, space in um, the thinking about games where we uh, sort of abstract what's happening or, or sort of the Ludo narrative of a game, I guess, based on this guy's tiny ass article, which really, you know, you probably need a whole book to justify, which he sort of says. But uh, you don't need a whole book to justify your criticism of Bioshock. You need a whole book to describe the idea of a Ludo narrative. And the the idea of the Ludo narrative I think he's going for, uh, or the definition that he's going for, is the rationale that's inherent within the mechanics of the game itself. Beyond the but story or the plot. So it's it's the sort of the the I don't know, he, he sort of makes it seem like the morality of Bioshock or at least what you're the I don't know. It's sort of like reading between the lines in a game. You have yeah, your well, storyline, but then you also have what you're being compelled to do uh, by the mechanics or the design of the game itself. Well, he sort of juxtaposes the Ludo narrative being sort of the story is told through the gameplay and the narrative narrative, I guess. It's, it's a story as told through the gameplay or versus your actions versus the story that's told through the story. Well, what's, so, this is, and this is where his whole argument, I mean, it's sort of in that definition that I just, I don't know, tried to spit out there, it's where this guy really just falls off the deep end, and I just start to want to scream as I'm reading it. Because, really, it's, it's an interesting concept, and I think it is something that's possible given the whole sandbox nature of modern game design, where, you know you're really supposed to be given a choice. And in Bioshock, you are supposed to be given a choice. Um, but what he... I guess maybe it's in the game design's... Fa it, it's a failure of the game design, but he seems to think that you are, in Bioshock, compelled to seek more Adam by killing the Little Sisters. And, and my response that to that is, you're a dick... <laughs> you shouldn't have well, killed any of the little sisters. <laughs> but logically, like that's that's not a crazy conclusion to draw. In in fact, no, it's it's a wrong conclusion um from all standpoints. Well, whatever. You can argue the morality, but from whatever, an objective man, I'm standpoint, the freaking FBI to it this is guy's an incorrect conclusion. There's probably to... hundreds of dead children there. <laughs> yes, he probably loves raping he's, the babies. He's, he's but been trying to find. We're talking Adam about the article, the not girls. the person. No, I'm talking about the person. This is personal. <laughs> he made it personal, Dave. And I don't he know did? how he did that. This but he article's did. like over a year old. We're kind of late on the the article gravy train. I don't even care. Well, he put this dig in just for you. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna get that Joe White. I'm gonna mess he with knew. him. He knew. He knew that someday. You didn't know there was a conspiracy on the internet to write things that pissed me off? 
Oh, wait, that's the conspiracy against everybody who reads things on the internet. I forgot. I didn't. I forgot. Makes sense to me. So, as you were saying. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Yeah, actually, I kind of don't either. No, I was actually um, talking. Oh, I was talking about how he, uh, throughout the article, he just assumes, which is really, it's kind of funny that somebody, he's supposedly engaging this in a very intellectual and critical manner. But he fails to critically analyze his own role in the process. He just assumes that he can be swept along by this Ludo narrative inside the game or the, I don't even know, I guess I'm just going to keep calling it Ludo narrative because this sucker totally chumped me into using his word. It's too late. You can't pull yeah, out now, Dave. we need an alternative word so we don't feel like such tools I'm gonna say saying the, it over and over. The I don't know. the. So he, he thinks that you're just sort of swept along like this ship uh on the the whims of the game designer so essentially um you can never escape the rationale of the game itself so you're not even like a you're you're sort of not even a a thinking participant which is just so why did you write this really long totally tldr article about it guy well you're kind of saying that that the Ludo narrative forces you to choose a certain way. Yeah. So even though you actually he's, have a choice in the Ludo narrative, yes, he's kind he's, of contradicting his own point. Yeah, he failed. I mean, it's sort of like he totally ignores the role of the player in this. I mean, which really is the nature. I mean, if games are supposed to be anything, they're supposed to be this new immersive media that allows you to interact with the story. So, I mean, at a certain point, there there's going to be a new... I guess, I don't know, every critical mind that has ever looked at any art form has always uh, spent a great deal of time considering the role of the observer in the criticism or the appreciation of the art. And he doesn't do that at all, which would seem to be, I don't know, which a seems much to better be starting point. point, sort of, is that you have this choice in the Ludo narrative that is not carried over to the narrative narrative. Well, no, his, his point is that the Ludo narrative contradicts the narrative because as soon as you start helping Atlas, you're given these sort of, you know, fetch quest goals that no longer make sense when presented with your actions, uh, of harvesting, of harvesting the little, the sisters. little sisters, which is, I guess would be a problem if again, you are a dick. I, on the other hand, didn't harvest a single little sister. I saved them all, and helping Atlas came rather naturally to me. And when it turned out that he was really that scaly mobster, whatever his name was. Which was <laughs> scaly, did you say? I couldn't remember his name. I wanted like to... Super Nintendo Last Boss yeah. with his like, three forms. Dude, I fully subscribe. We- elemental weaknesses. If you look at my Facebook page, I, uh, I have fully subscribed to the every last boss in a video game should be Robot Hitler. I'm a, I'm a member of that group. Well, it works. I mean, Bionic Commando, Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> These games have not they've not led us astray. But yeah, I mean, it's just like I mean, I I just think it's really funny that there's somehow this internal logic to the game that he has arrived at that is so drastically different from how I played and appreciated the game. I don't know if he was necessarily I mean I like you grazed many parts of the article. Um No, I ended up reading the whole thing. You made really? me so I did it. Cuz I I was just joking. I put in a mouth guard. I pulled like a Johnny it's, Mnemonic hacking. It's like, <laughs> arr, arr. 
It's actually probably better that you did because in, originally I read the Brainy Gamer article, which is it was today. I saw it on Kotaku or something, and I was like, "Wow, this is really stupid." And kind of what offended me most was his use of the word thesis, where I really didn't think it was relevant. Um, well, he doesn't actually make a thesis. A thesis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I guess he he calls it a thesis, but it's like we need more dissonance in games. And I'm gonna again, I'm gonna need a definition. You're gonna have to go back and explain to me what you mean by dissonance, because I'm I'm through taking the internet at face value, because clearly, I just don't get it. I was listening to there's this podcast called Gamers with Jobs, which the only reason I ever listen to it is because they have Ken Levine as a frequent guest host, and Ken Levine is really smart, or if he's at least if he's not really smart, he is very eloquent. Well, that's he could be being both. eloquent and being smart are not that far from each other, um, to be honest. So Those are two I, I traits kind of had. A, I had a marathon session of these podcasts. I downloaded all the ones today where he was a guest, and um, you know he's fine and he's really interesting to listen to. Not just because of his insider perspective, but he's like, he's got some very strong, backed up ideas on video games, and he never says ludo narrative. God. And actually, listening to him... I hope that guy uh, you knows know, I'm going to set his bed on fire while he's asleep <laughs> in it. Back, back in the day when I wrote that article about Bioshock, I took exception to the fact that you couldn't, like, you couldn't kill the big sisters. Or the, the little, little sisters. sisters? Yeah. That they were completely immune to guns, and I felt like that kind of neutered the emotional impact of it. And he actually talked about this very topic, and it was like traveling back in time. Which I guess technically it was because it's probably like a year ago. <laughs> Traveling back came in out. time and also providing Dave Riley with yet another moment of self congratulatory glory. No, actually, he uh, completely contradicted oh, snap. What, I, what I thought. And I, while I don't entirely agree with him, the point that he made was sound. I'll try and sum it up succinctly. Basically, that if this happened, um, and they're kind of just, you know, around when the you're fighting the big daddy, like kind of shoves them in a hole or whatever. But if they get hit by a stray bullet and they're just dead, he's he said he didn't want to remove the potential for emotional impact entirely, which is what he thought would happen if they just died. Oh, yeah. Like well, if you're the fighting only- the big da- daddy and you accidentally kill one, you know, he thought that would be something that was way too easy to do. And that it would remove the impact of saving or murdering them. Yeah. Well, I mean, then it doesn't become a conscious choice. And really, your only investment in keeping them alive becomes sort of the question that Ludo narrative guy was talking about. You know, my only investment in keeping this thing alive is its value uh, to me, whether I save it or kill it. So, you know, keeping well, it alive the, uh, doesn't have any There's another impact. question. <laughs> and then it becomes like, meta question meta it's a question it's about like the, the question. saving it's a question it's this is the saving in order to save corrupt what the well they like you, you know making sure they don't die before you save them is that problematic or i guess does it have the grounds to become problematic in the hands of certain people what do you mean like well, the idea that it's not entirely altruistic, which really the saving isn't. And, well, no, um, it's, 
Well, the, you see, the problem is it doesn't even have to be altruistic. And, I mean, they never wanted it to be. Ultimately, for there to be a choice at all, uh, you kind of have to be invested in it. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think that the question was about altruism. And I don't think that that was the question that they were driving at, which would probably be his point if he's already talking about how he wanted to magnify the emotional impact of the saving or harvesting of the little sisters. Uh, you know, the crap. Where was I going with that? Well, I, I, I think it's um, it's very clearly never about altruism from the game standpoint because well, the first be totally time you're, uh, you're given the option – to save or harvest one of these little girls. Uh, the doctor chick's like, if you save them, you might get something good. And you always do. So it's very obvious, yeah. And it turns out that it's like way, way better to save them, which is another qualm I had with it, that I felt like, I mean, if you want to take the moral high ground, oh, bacon's done. Did you hear that? No. Little little sing songy. Um, Is your voice cracking? Are you becoming a man? Yeah, the, it, was, it was actually the DVD finished ripping, but whatever. Uh-oh. Yeah, so well, if Dave, you, you know, save them, I now, felt your body's gonna change <laughs> in ways that are I magical. know hair in places I've never seen before. <laughs> Wait, what? Huh? Um, yeah, so if you save the little girls, I felt like you should get much, like significantly less of a reward. If it wants it to be a moral choice, or at least somewhat relevant, because it really isn't, um, well, this is the rewards for saving them are so much better. Well, even just beyond like that whole idea of the reward of saving them is so much better. I think that sort of what the the two articles that we're we're referencing something that they forget is that this is a game, and games are constrained by the media. And one of the guys actually talks about that. How you know. Oh, I just I hate it when games, you know, they end up getting pulled down by just the inability to satisfy my every whimsy, uh, <laughs> which is basically what he says about Paul. He's like, I want to be able to walk into every building and have the most boring conversation with just somebody who's not even related to the plot. Well, then Ken you know, Levine had something interesting to say about this too. Yeah, you know, this is an old podcast, so the guy's talking about Mass Effect, and he's like, I think. I'm just done with dialogue tree-based RPGs entirely. Like, I'm just over that convention. And Ken Levine's like, well, I mean, I don't really know what you want us to do about that because can't really make a computer that can just pump out dialogue however you want. <laughs> yeah, it's we sort can't. Sort of outside the realm of reality. Well, even if it's not even outside the realm of reality, you live in the real world. And granted, you know, Maybe there's some sacrifices that have to be made so you can live in a fantasy world where you, you know, go around shooting zombies. I accept the fact that Left 4 Dead is not going to be totally random because it's in my computer. And it gives me the ability to randomly shoot things. So I, I, you <laughs> I, know, I, I so counter- far it seems relatively random. <laughs> you start to suspect things. Play it a couple more times and you'll start to say, oh, we usually get a horde around here or this is where a tank spawns. Yeah. Um, but like... It's more like I'm totally fine with that trade-off. Like I didn't even have, uh, I didn't even think about dissonance until I read these two articles, and maybe that's because I spend way too much time in real life reading things and interacting with people. I don't know. 
I mean, it's true with me as well. Like, I can't really think of like, oh, this is so weird that I was carrying one pound too many and it slowed my Olympiad gait to this hunchback-like motion. And I can't believe he's because even complaining are... about that. That's totally awesome. You're carrying too much weight and you actually limp. It's not like other games where you just can't run anymore. Well, Mass effect, I'm looking it's just at you. you can't run. He was just being oh. flowery. Um, I, I don't know. He's not At least exactly... it's not like Diablo. I am overburdened. I am overburdened. Yeah. I know. Just drop the stupid club. It's not even I mean, at the end of the unidentified. article, he's, he's, uh, he's saying dissonance is good, sort of. I don't I even mean, know what that guy was saying. I don't even think he does. I just... He wrote an entire blog that he that ended he, with a question. First off, he misspelled gate. <laughs> that was stupid. And second off, easy there, minuet. Thesis where I really How about just having don't some e- compassion? A little empathy? Yeah, but I don't have a blog called The Brainy Gamer. <laughs> this isn't Dave and Joel's <laughs> super smart podcast for people who are super smart. Get this out is, of here if you're a retard. <laughs> this is Fast Karate for the Gentleman. If the title wasn't dumb enough, the podcast <laughs> yeah, is. I, I feel like that's the difference. Like, and like we said last week, maybe, I don't remember if we specifically said this, but the reason I want to talk about these articles primarily is because recently we talked about pretension in video game writing. And, and so you how, went out and found some? Well, I didn't, not like I purposely looked around for it. <laughs> you Googled it, it didn't you? It up in front of me. No, it's in Pretentious Google Reader. game articles. The Brainy Gamer, <laughs> one million hits. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was one of those like things where Google highlights it in yellow. <laughs> You'd actually bought advertisements. Just try I weird. feel lucky. You're gonna get one of these articles. Google pretentious yeah. games. Listen, it was in Google Reader, it got posted on Kotaku or something. And I read it and I was like, we should talk about this on the podcast because it's pretty relevant. And besides, Joel's been playing Left 4 Dead and I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> like and Bruno Bandito hilariously called us to the carpet for it. I know. I'm, that that's it. That's going to be the image for this week's podcast because it's true. <laughs> it's totally true. God, I am loving Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> I'm just loving it. I, I use they need to. You need to do some like ambiance music on that new gamer article that you wrote. That's like yeah. Barry Manilow or something. Like, oh, oh yeah, man, it is G O T Y baby game of the year. Oh, we need to do a list. We should do a list. Not, of, not in this podcast, games. but of like... Of games of the year. Yeah, the best games. Number one, Valkyria Chronicles. Number, number two, two, Left 4 Dead. Valkyria Chronicles. Also number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's tie. It's, it's a tie match. It's going to be a shared title. It's a shared title. I don't, I don't know if I would call Left 4 Dead my game of the year. I'd have to really think about that, actually. It's super fun. But, uh, yeah, it's got its problems. There have been requests for one of these roundup shows... Which I guess we can do if the people want it. Who are we to say no? I think it's Perhaps contingent on the fact. Someone out there wants a, an article of the Ludo narrative, and that's oh why I wrote it. He was like, "I do, I can't, but I cannot deny my fans. <laughs> I am in a quandary. If I want to make a, a line of like clothing or something, and one of the article, one of the items of clothing is going to be the uh, Ludo narrative. No, it's going to be underpants." Pants. With the Ludo narrative written on the inside, because that is straight what it is. BS. I, so, so you can poop all over it? <laughs> no, because it's already crap. <laughs> no, it why would I poop on my underpants? It's too late. It's already there. 
It's At least this... it would get that sweaty butt funk on it. <laughs> That's the closest disrespect to pooping that is an actual pooping. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. But that is gross, and I wish you hadn't said it. But anyway, so what I was saying before, yes, pretension in video game writing most certainly does exist. I never read but... anything that made me think more about a fat dude with a curly mustache and a monocle than uh, either one of these. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's it like should the have guy... been obvious from the – why would you name your blog The Brainy Gamer? That is just inviting it. <laughs> well, it's like that guy that you know thought up the theory of evolution. It's like, oh, yes. Snakes came from lizards that didn't need to use their legs. Yeah, that makes sense. You you nailed it. Armchair <laughs> it's like spontaneous generation. It's like the flies come off the meat, eh? So the meat makes flies. My favorite th- my favorite spontaneous generation theory was that rotting wood produced ducks. <laughs> it's like I've, really I've actually heard that as well. You're a scientist? How does that even follow? Like w- are ducks frequently seen in the presence of rotting wood? It's because these guys had no idea about anything. I think that we failed to realize just how <laughs> they long also believed in humanity vampires. was totally ignorant of almost everything that was going on around it. I'm constantly astounded by what we didn't know just under you well, know, just 200 you years ago. You need to be very careful, Joel, because in about 300 years, people oh, no. are going to look back at us and be like, theory, <laughs> gravity, yeah, that was a good one. We'll, well be like, no. Well, I mean, no, I totally agree. I am completely ready for that to happen. I just think it's the nature. And I don't know. I feel like if that does happen, humanity will have made some pretty impressive strides. Because well, according to a lot in, of different scientists, in, we're kind of reaching the extent of our ability to understand yeah, a lot of phenomena. Math, trying like, to find the theory of every, everything. Well, they don't even – I mean, it, scientists now are trying to answer the question, what is gravity? Because they don't know. Gravity is an observable phenomenon. They don't really know anything about it beyond that. Well, there's this uh, – in one of the Dilbert books, he proposes an alternate theory of gravity where instead of there being gravity, um, everything in the world is constantly doubling at the exact same rate. So you can't really tell that it's doubling in size because everything's remaining proportionate. So when you jump into the air, you are doubling in size as well as the Earth doubling in size. So it looks like you're getting closer to it, but in fact you are both just growing in size, which is obviously it's just sort of made up on a lark, but I think it's an interesting topic of conversation. Well, I mean, essentially it could be that because we don't know. But what we do know is that... Weak nuclear force, strong nuclear force. (laughs) I can say with absolute certainty... That if I ever hear anybody say the word Ludo narrative outside this podcast, um, they're gonna put, they're putting me away for murder straight up. I feel safe in saying that they wouldn't even have to get the full word out because if they start with L U, there's not that many words to start with that. So watch out, Ludicrous. <laughs> I'm gonna hold up. Two, I'm just gonna have two note cards, which would be like Ludicrous, or I don't even know what the other one would be. Lucid, whatever. Another word, yeah. <laughs> a word that starts with L-U-D. And uh, if they don't point at one of those cards immediately, I'm going to drop kick them through a car window. <laughs> I'm just saying, I sometimes enjoy going to the concerts of Ludacris. And he'd be all like, Luda, I'm at the top of my game. But he wouldn't finish it because I jump off the balcony <laughs> and clothesline him. 
230 pounds of man yeah, hurtling then, straight towards him. And I'd be like, this is proof that gravity exists. And I get to take out whatever he was about to say. No Luda narrative. There's like a, a, <laughs> you, a poor YouTube video of that. You kind of you you clothesline Ludacris and then smack into the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Your legs kind of curl up for a second and then fall back down. <laughs> like that well, guy who tried to do the flip but landed on his face. Yeah. Poor dude. So anyway, I guess, I don't know. We're pretty much done. So I wrote an article about Valkyria Chronicles for the new gamer. I'll link it. As per the usual, comments are necessary. Though Don't comment like Joel and be like, the resurrection of the new gamer is underway. <laughs> Because that gives it away. You, We talked about it on this podcast. He, I don't think he listens to this podcast. I don't care. What's wrong with uh, having a project to resurrect a website that we all enjoy? Because it's that. then it's not It's a Wonderful Life anymore. I think and we that can't present it with the basket full of hits. Every, <laughs> I think that uh, Jimmy Stewart's character was fully aware that everybody was giving him money on purpose. I guess we'll find out, Joel. But anyway, we don't ask for a lot from this podcast. Please comment on that article. And if anyone knows uh, Sega's like contact information, maybe I can write him an email and be like, how about you give us some of your games and we'll like have a contest and give them away or something. Really? Because we, they, you think they'll do that just because you like Valkyria Chronicles that much? Sure. Uh, we got a you podcast. We're popular the on the internet. beta testing for Valkyria Chronicles too. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> it's already out. I got to play this game until 2 comes out. Or we could just we could have like a contest where everybody donates $10 and then we buy Sega and force them to make Valkyria Chronicles for the rest honestly, of the Honestly, how expensive could Sega be? At this point, not There was that. a werehog in the most recent Sonic game. <laughs> no, but we could like everybody could give $10. And we we could like buy a PS3 in Valkyria Chronicles and then like sort of raffle it off. It'd be like a ten dollar buy-in, and then somebody would get it. Wait, what? So everybody would give ten dollars. We collect like five hundred dollars, whatever the cost of a PS3 in a game is, and then we'd pick randomly from the donators, and then oh. somebody would get it. Yeah, that's actually a, a clever idea. We'd need at least 50 people to donate. And we'd also need somebody who like could a, organize this. <laughs> I, I don't know in a, a way to do it. Maybe we could have, like, tiers of prizes. Like, if 12 people donated, we could get, like, two copies of the game. And if 50 people donated, we could get the big prize of, like, the PS3 and the game. Um, I don't know. It's something to consider. But This is just like is, gambling. What kind of... Yeah, it is exactly gambling. <laughs> that is literally what it is. Um, Except you just want to gamble, and then I'm going to come over, and you're going to have, like, two PS3s and Valkyria Chronicles, <laughs> and you're playing them on two TVs. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's crazy. I won. <laughs> it's like, I didn't win. Graziella won. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. I actually... um, The problem is that with really think of free participation with some with a podcast you listen to over the internet. How many people are on our forums? Maybe like 200, maybe a little more of and like how many of those are even active? So that's 
basically a tenth of the listeners. And that's free. I mean, with this, you have the perspective to get something back, but I don't know. If 50 comments say, I'd totally give $10, then maybe we'll do it. (laughs) Because that sounds like fun. It does. Or maybe you guys could just donate a lot, because we've never asked you to do anything ever, and the show's been around for three years. I still don't understand how this, I don't even understand why we would do this. Just to be nice to the people who listen to the podcast? Yeah, for fun. We've okay. had contests right. before. As long as that's clear. I just want to make sure. Because before it was like something. I mean, I really had convinced myself. Some that this shady was pyramid scheme. Convincing Sega to give us free games. Oh, also. Well, I, they they would give me the free games so they could be contested off and then spread awareness. But that then. Not, so you would just pocket the 500 bucks? It's not an unrealistic concept. It's just unrealistic to Sega to give them to us because we're not that big. It's true. But maybe if all 1,500 people bought Valkyria Chronicles, that really actually wouldn't be that much. (laughs) But it'd be nice. It would be nice. So whatever. I guess we can stop. Because... Star button. Tell these hoes to press the star button. Punch in your code and press the star button. But any one of these flows, just press the star button. Yeah. Tell my foes to press the star button. For a ludicrous show, just press the star button. Picture perfect, I paint a perfect picture. Eyes low, cause igloo done wrote the perfect swisher. Hit you with the weapon, retell your soldiers to back down. I'm wrong like WE, you'll get smacked down. How you want it? I'll clobber my opponents like Blanca. Boy, you street fighting with a monster. Running towards people and hitting the button. I, know, I got pretty decent um, as the smoker eventually. Though at first, like, I spit out my tongue and I grab the person and my tongue gets shot off. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Now what do I do? And I realized my tongue grows back. And I was like, good deal. (laughs) Well, we did. And I felt pretty good about that, regardless of my actual contribution. I don't know who. Hear you? Sarah, Glenn, Bob. I mean, technically, Bob didn't survive. But we can, all these questions and more will be answered in a couple days with the, the conclusion of Iria. Okay, but we're, we have to stop and start a new podcast. I hate you, Jill. I know, we're still recording that podcast. Oh, no. Did you stop? Uh, I didn't realize you stopped. What the crap? Well, what do I do now? Do I stop or do I... uh... But we kept talking. Son of a bitch. (laughs) All right. I guess we're stopping. (laughs)